When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh. I'm all man when it comes to the crust. Yeah. SpaghettiOs is a soup. Wow. I'm a man of many earth tones. Uh, I think Cheerios are still hot. Cheerios? Cheerios are hot, babe. Ooh. It's like an avocado. It's raw. The deuce. Do you ever listen to yourself and find yourself annoying? Yeah. Yeah. Those are just hurt myself and I annoyed myself. I think it's good to annoy yourself because then you can figure out areas where you might be doing things consistently that are annoying that you've just accepted as you i think developing good self-reflection skills is really really valuable because it's easy to you know it's funny like i am very comfortable hearing my voice doing this stuff i edit podcasts of myself more day more weekdays than not i hate hearing audio of myself not doing this like if i'm talking to the kids and i'm videotaping something i'm like god do i talk like that you'd think (laughs) i would have at least gotten that out of my system so i guess the idea is it's it's really important to be able to effectively criticize yourself because if you listen to stuff and then you just go oh i suck everything sucks i suck at everything let's say you let's say you did a spot somewhere and then you went home and reviewed it and that was your thought well that's not the winning attitude to go back out on stage you know so if you if you listen to your stuff and you think everything about it sucks. Either you need to stop comedy or or whatever it is you're, you're criticizing. Or you need to get real about evaluating yourself. If you listen, you go, that was incredible. I see nothing to improve there. Well, then your, your, your improvement will be incremental at best. So, yeah, sometimes I do listen to my stuff and go, you need to shut the fuck up a little bit and let Jesse talk. I see. We both said that before mm-hmm. where I felt like I talked over you and you felt like you talked over me. Which is great. We're like a great Italian marriage. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a, a result of being in a household filled with people who think their opinions more important than yours. You have to be louder. And I'm, I'm working on being a softer human being. It's very difficult for me. I can tell. It doesn't seem like it comes natural. To be soft? No. To me? About me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you like parlayed a sort of natural loudness into a career. The world has only rewarded you. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, were you it, a cheerleader? No, oh. no. For myself, I was. I spent a lot of time, you know, being alone. What was your crew in high school? I didn't really have a crew. What? I was like an outlier that got along with everybody. Yeah, okay. I had like a few girlfriends I hung out with, but I didn't have like. I had one friend who was in my neighborhood. I grew up with Amy Gazarowski. Shout out to Amy, who was my first childhood best friend. And then in high school, I just was friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a clique. Yeah. Did you? But uh, I think I would say the same thing about myself. I had two very different lives because I was in like a prep school in New York. And everyone knew that I was a guy who was into music and really liked music and wrote a couple music reviews and like the school paper and stuff. But I was in a band in deep New Jersey. Like I was needed a ride to get to the rest of my band's house. And there was just really until the end, my, my band came over and played a couple of dances at my school. 
But until then, there was no way for, there was no reason for my 16-year-old band in deep Jersey to come to New York and meet my school friends. And there was no reason for my school friend they knew i was in a band but it wasn't like it wasn't like a nowadays where you would instantly be coming in and showing people stuff on your phone look at this thing my band's Ugh. doing so i was like rock and roll stoner dirtbag weekends and i was prep school stoner dirtbag during the week so you you were somebody who had split personalities it kind of like. and then yeah i like to think that i was the person who was there was one person who would vouch for me in every crew. Like I've, I've always been much better. And this is something that I think about a lot with my standup and all. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really interested in addressing a crowd. I'm so much better at this like one-on-one -on -one conversation. And I think what happened is I went through high school is the popular kids weren't inclined to look at me and be like, Oh, you're totally should be in the popular click but like i would be in a class with one of the popular kids and i'd end up being friends with him because we got to know each other one-on-one -on -one. and then when the popular kids were around they'd look at me they're like oh that guy's friends with that one guy that we all like he must be okay and like ditto the goths ditto the jocks yeah. ditto the so i was sort of acceptable because i had friends here there and I everywhere was the same yeah i was exactly the same and i also had a hard time like opening up I think as a kid, I was so awkward and I got in trouble all the time. Hmm. I talked so much. Right. Uh, and I had a permanent desk out in the hallway for a lot of my classes. Oh, no. Had a lot of, you know. You're going to have to scare my daughter straight. I see a lot of her, a lot of you and her. Oh, my gosh. That's such an honor because she's so magical and she's definitely going to be a pop star one day. And she needs to shut the fuck up. So pretty much exactly. Yeah, I guess shutting up is important. She just like, she's undeterred. She's like, is it unbowed or unbowed? Like she got in trouble because she wouldn't clean up her room for forever. And we kept telling her and we kept telling her. And then when we finally went through it with her, we found that there were like a lot of things she was supposed to take care of that she didn't. And we're like, you have like too many things, which that's our fault. We bought them for you and you're not taking care of them. And, and no matter how many times we talk to you about it, you don't do anything about it. The time for talk has passed. The time for like action has come. Um, Jesus. If your friends come over and they want to play with you, we're going to check your room and see if it's clean. And if it's not, you're going to need to clean it before you, you can't just keep on going. Yeah, I'll clean it tomorrow. And then going and doing what you want to do. And um, she threw a fit the other day about being in a store and wanting to buy something else. And she actually said, like, buy me this now. Whoa. Which, like, I've never, we're like, where, where did you even hear that from? My son was always smart enough to know that if he got in trouble, he should, like, mommy, can I help you with that? For Aww. a couple days to try to smooth it over. She's like, well, like, as soon as the storm has passed, she'd be like, la da 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 like, telegraphing to us like you can take my shit but you'll never take my freedom a sociopath kind of a, a cute little sociopath and a, just the most adorable package ever i, I never I got do... i never got suspended you got suspended oh my gosh i got suspended here's a crazy story from high school i was obviously a loud disruptive human being in school I challenged my teachers. I thought I was smarter than everybody. Mm. I interrupted class often. I was a little bit of uh, what you would call a scorch. My dad would call me a scorch, which I think is not a as common of a term that, that I think it is. Just someone who sets little scorch, fires. The guy who lobbies the roads. Yes. 
Tarvia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are all La upstate <laughs> regional <laughs> terms. <laughs> I was a bit of a scorch Excuse in high me, school. <laughs> you scorch. <laughs> I was a scoochie of a scorch. I, I, I really found joy in making people laugh. And I think because I was so awkward that once I realized that making people laugh was a conduit to communication and connection, I just went full bore with it. I see. So I would be a literal class clown in most of my classes and drive my teachers nuts right. in the process. I also was very athletic and I was on basketball team, softball team, lacrosse team, and that was no different. I was often in trouble, often having to run laps because I would challenge authority and be more disruptive than anything. Not all the time, but it definitely was a big chunk of my personality. And there was this one time in my junior, senior year playing lacrosse where <laughs> my lacrosse coach was in the center and all the, the girls were in a circle around him and we were doing warm-up stretches as we would do before practice. And I had taken to take the stick and shove it down my shorts and do like this goofy gyrating dance behind my coach's back. And every time he turned around, I just would kind of adjust myself so he couldn't see that the stick was in my pants. Classic bit. He turned around. You get it. So he caught me on one of these and sent me running laps around the entirety of the the, the lacrosse field for the rest of the practice, the remainder of the practice. Right. And this had been a couple years of him dealing with me being a goofball. And I think he had just hit his limit. And so... Um, hit the road, Scorch. Yeah. <laughs> Give me 20 laps around Bayheim Memorial. Bayheim Memorial! <laughs> Why should we have to wait for Jim to die? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bayheim Memorial High. This, this Scorch has done enough. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> You've lacrossed me for the last time. Oh, no, you didn't. You lacrossed me. <laughs> that was great. That was a good pun. We forgot to mention puns in our promo. Anyways, I did a did the lap and he had just had had enough. And the next day in my economy class, was it economy? I think it, I think it was economics with Dr. Was no, not Doctor Mister AC. I think that was his name. Who had a ruptured eardrum in his right ear because his wife one morning had gone to grab his cheeks and kiss him goodbye <gasps> and had smushed the Q-tip into his eardrum. Oh, oh that was <laughs> even worse than what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, oh my f- god, you didn't give him a hard time, did no, you? No, I loved Mister AC, okay, and good. he knew how to deal with me. I was sitting in Mister AC. Couldn't hear you. No, he couldn't. That's- <laughs> <laughs> That was great. You're on on fire in this episode. You really are firing on all cylinders. Um, I I slept. I'll confess. Yeah, you did. This is really good. I went Um, to bed before 11. The the door swings open, and it's Mr. McDonald, Uh whose neck is the color of crimson. And he goes, Peluso. Because, you know, coaches always refer to you as your last name. Of course. And when you have a great last name like that. Why not throw Who it in Who needs a first name, right? Who needs a first name? Peluso, stick and bag on my desk by the end of the day. You're off the team <gasps> in front of the entire class. Oh, my goodness. Slams the door shut. But regionals are next week. <laughs> <laughs> I just sat there like, I was mortified. Yeah. Mortified. But I had pushed this man to his absolute 
limit. You'll never swing a stick in this town again. You can go scorch another school. <laughs> not on my time. Not on my turf. Peluso, you're out of here. And I, I was kicked off the team. I oh, that's finish. it. Yeah, I was kicked off. I don't know what the point was of this whole story. Um, oh, I you were talking you. about your daughter. Well, yeah. And I, I just asked what your high school scene had been like hey, right look and at clips and stuff but okay can no, i i no, want to no, please touch one more thing about yeah. your daughter uh -huh. i probably shouldn't phrase it like that that was great <laughs> i think and my <laughs> my niece is similar very challenging very headstrong and just a, a very strong will i do think that's a valuable trait to have in a girl no of course it is and, and i think i even told you that uh my son had a skate birthday party a few months ago and i failed to rent enough of the seal things that the kids can hold on to to keep from falling over mm -hmm. and i got one too few and of course as gracious hosts we gave them to our guests and made our own daughter do without and she can't skate and Aww. but and and so we're trying to hold her hand but she was so pissed at us for not getting her the balance seal that she's like don't you touch my hand i could skate but she would just get up and go like two and fall over no and that was that was the my wife and i were laughing at each other it was like so frustrating we were trying to be pleasant hosts and be able to cater to our guests and not just focus on our child. And we wanted to have fun at our kid's birthday party that we were spending an insane amount of money on. So it was annoying that she was doing it in the moment, but in the more macro sense, we're like, this is great that she's so pissed that she's going to spite us and try to skate. Get your hand. I love it. I, I love don't... the image of exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of kids spiting adults, yeah. I have a a little bit of a throwback to what we discussed about when Mickey Mouse before we get to that, I have, my hand. I have a couple of things. Oh, wow. Okay. I wanted to ask you, not in regard to that one particular rednecked coach. Mr. But just, yeah. God, I don't want God to, rest his soul. Oh, I also wanted to ask you, I know I've, I've asked you this about like kids you went to school with, but as, um, as the, the bane and scorch of your teachers, <laughs> have you ever gone back and run into any teachers who may have thought or said, Jesse May Peluso will never amount to anything. And 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 with with the knowledge that they had the knowledge that you had actually parlayed what they considered your fatal flaw into a successful career that let's face it many people would prefer to have over whatever they ended up doing when they left that same high school. I don't remember any teachers ever saying that. I do remember But you knew the ones that I because I had one teacher that I it was a fucking priest uh was i heard through the grapevine he called me scum i mean that's low on the priest scale of uh scandal the scandal scale no i know the i know the papal but scandal some, somebody scale. was asking him like oh who's your favorite student A scum he said who's your favorite student and he had this really sing-songy way of talking he Ugh. was really in love with his Oh God, Priestly. he would be annoying. Yeah, he I was. I bet he has like artifacts from Ethiopia. He from was his travels in his house, and that's really funny because another priest in my school, the headmaster. Yes, the headmaster was sent to Ethiopia after there were credible allegations. That's a horrible place to send a. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah, they said, "Who's your favorite teacher?" And he's like, "I love all my students." And they knew he didn't like me, so they said, "What about Mike Tully?" And he said, "Mike Tully is scum." I would describe you as many things, scum not being one of them. I thought that was But I don't low. know you pre-rocking hard. I, I actually, I can't remember having connected these dots before, but I hope he knows that, look at me, this is scum. Yeah, you're doing great. I'm doing fine, dude. 
I don't have any teachers that I remember, but there's there's definitely a spark of a memory of someone saying something around that idea of you're never going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. And it was my, and uh, what is that? Environmental science? Isn't that a course like in ninth grade? Sounds about right. It's like one of these BS courses. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's a very... No, no, no. We which, all learned a lot. Look at how great we're doing. Oh, yeah. Right. Look, I have no idea what soil That was when the environment of. was in trouble. Remember that? Yeah. That's when the earth was going to blow up. She constantly had it out for me and, and was just a miserable woman. And I, like I've said, recognize I was a challenging student. There were a handful of teachers who knew and understood how to teach someone like me. Mm-hmm. Who understood yeah, right. that I needed something to focus on and a challenge and a little bit extra attention, which our school system, being as spread out as it is, doesn't really isn't capable of providing to to students. Even when I was in school, yeah, we didn't have that sort of um, luxury. You know, you're thrown in a classroom of thirty, forty kids, and the teacher just has to do this. You know, this just a wide standardized yeah, right. education course. Um, Here's what I wanted to ask you, though, not about Coach McDonald in particular, but just about as somebody who, as you said, you participated in multiple sports for multiple years. I don't know how many of your coaches were male and how many were female. Now, I know my sister was active in high school sports and both at the time and like in hindsight, I feel like her male coaches all passed the smell test. But it, it as somebody who is now a full grown man myself, if I if I like met a dude through work or a friend of a friend and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I've been coaching high school girls volleyball for the last 10 years. I'd be like, I'm going to keep my eye on this guy and look for other weird signs. Mm-hmm. It's just <sighs> strange doesn't have to be bad. It's a strange. There's a lot more good. There's a lot more bad reasons why a guy would want to do that than there are good reasons. I think about that. Oh no, there's more. There's there's more good reasons than bad reasons. But of all the (laughs) the way impulses are distributed through the human population, there's more people who would be strongly moved to watch sixteen year girl sixteen year old girls boobs bounce than there would be guys who are like, I just believe that girls should have everything men have and if it needs to be me that does it, then that's the way it's gonna be. It's volleyball or or death. Yeah. I like, just love volleyball. Yeah. I yeah, there I also feel that way about male gynecologists. Oh my God, yeah. And even like should be outlawed. It's just bizarre. Right. And yet I'm praying. I just realized this morning my doctor told me at my last checkup that this year they used to say fifty to get the, you know the poke? Yeah, that they're like now they say forty five. It'd be great if that could be a lady. Right? Yeah. Just a gentler smaller finger. Yeah, the knuckles are a little more gentle. Yeah, I told you I got I, was... I got finger well, here's your segue. Whoa. I got fingered by like a ninety year old man. Really? He was so old, and I got sent to him for some unrelated thing, and he's I was like 37. He's like, hey, you're close enough to 40. As long as you're here, why don't I? And I, I've made the joke a million times, probably to you, but I felt like he was really close to retirement, was just trying to rack up some numbers. I think he, wow. I think he knew his buttholes were numbered. Wow. I just hope he wasn't like a audible mouth breather. That would be really He was. He was, like an, he was just like an old guy character actor he was this old old guy he'd seen it all seen a million faces and he'd fingered them all and you know and you, Whoa. and you could tell he was good at his job and 
and I actually kind of respected about him that because he was old and I, I've always as a default when I've had to pick a doctor off a list I always pick a woman because I just feel like there's more guys who just got gentleman C's in medical school particularly if somebody went to medical school in like the 70s I've been doing this for a long time I just feel like ladies kind of have to earn it yes that's an interesting a little bit more. way to look at it i just if i know nothing else about you that i'm gonna go with the woman every time and he asked me who had referred me to him and i said the name of my primary care doctor and he's like oh she's good she's good you're in good hands there and i was like oh you're kind of cool because you're an 80 year old guy who respects the hell out of a 50 year old female right. doctor not every man is able to respect women a couple decades younger than him so all right, go ahead. I know. Well, no, I was just going to say like that. I mean, well, sure, sure, sure we're at an Arby's, but go ahead and finger me. <laughs> <laughs> My dad loved Arby's. <laughs> I love Arby's. I, I was lucky to not have any creepy coaches and all my coaches were male. Yeah. There was this one man whose name I can't remember. And even if I could, I wouldn't say it. Who used to have me meet him in the gym. This one kind of floater in the school they're always like sometimes these floaters <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tell me what you're talking about so there was this guy who was like an assistant i guess that coach. one floater was a little creepy where did he live he w he was somebody who now would need like i would tell the police about like if yeah. i were in school and this was happening but you know we learn as we go and right. back then it was a different time. it was a different time yeah. and so he would have me meet him in the gymnasium when no one was there and just would talk to me and i can't remember but tell what are you talking about? When you say he was a floater, was he just like, like a, he wasn't a real was, teacher? Was he a freelance custodian? Yeah, he, did he, he just go like school to school? He's a you, you have a mess in the cafeteria. This guy's the best. He floats around all the schools and cleans up the soup spills. No, he just was like a guy who <laughs> <laughs> he was just and to call him the big guns. He, I never understood why he was there. Was he a guidance counselor? Was he a teacher? He had no official title. He was, was he Twenty One Jump Street? He was, I believe, an assistant coach, and I also think a part-time uh, sub. Now, subs are, by nature, part-time. Fun fact. This guy was a part-time <laughs> substitute teacher. Oh, I see. I don't even he think was he was the sub-sub. Yeah, he was a sub-sub. <laughs> I don't think he had any credentials. Uh -huh. I think I honestly think this guy didn't really even work at the school, and the school just assumed he did. He came with the school. I'm not entirely sure this guy actually existed. No, he totally existed. I'm just just because you met him alone in the gymnasium. I will find, doesn't mean that he was real. No, he was very real. I'll find him. He was always like in, in the like the Mr. Figment, the school um, yearbook. Mm -hmm. There'd be a few photos where this guy was just in the background, <laughs> and his name wasn't even on the list. He just was Shut this weird. I swear, he's just this no, weird. No, come on. I'm being. He was a specter. No, his teacher. His his name was there. He just wasn't a teacher. I can't remember his name. His name was in the book. It was in the book. You're not the only person who could see it. I'm going to find, I have all my yearbooks. I'm going to go back and find it and yeah. see what this guy's name was. Right. So, but like when you said his name to other people, they knew who you were talking about. Yeah. He, okay. And he just was, oh, he had real humans, big glasses. Of course he did. A comb over. Oh my. And like his hair, even though he didn't have much, was always kind of greasy. Have you looked into the statute of limitations in Syracuse? I really need to. <laughs> he definitely, when I think of the word groomer, was grooming me for something. And. I have never been someone, even though I've, you know, have had experiences that are unfortunate. I don't like we've spoke about. I don't have the energy of someone who's groomable. I'm uh, not that. No, I understand what you're saying. Unfortunately, that's right. The, I guess a big part of being a, a pedophile or whatever is being able to identify the, the, the slowest zebra. Yes. Right. And I've always been, I've always had a voice in my head 
even though I have had the authority issue, yeah. there's always been a very strong intuitive voice that has saved me in many different scenarios. But yeah, that doesn't that, stop that, people they, from yeah, trying. No, I get it. That's different. Like the police officer pulling you over and you like shaking in your car because you know that you were doing 38 is different from knowing that there's something wrong with somebody who may have creepy exactly. intentions. Yeah, right. And so I've thought about this guy from time to time in my life when these different stories have come up. That's so funny. My a notification just came up, my monthly reminder to talk to my kids about abduction. That's weird. On a monthly basis, I make sure I just, I that way I can't forget. Once a month it comes up and I make sure I have a conversation with them. I mean, throw that into the nightmare fuel that only parents have. That's yeah. horrible. It's the worst. That's the worst one for sure. But it, I'd rather my, I'd rather, I've never really thought this before. It's a weird thing. I can just blurt this out and I know that it's true. I'd rather like watch my kid get hit by a car oh than God. watch my kid, than, than have my kid get abducted and not know where they are. I want to know. How many kids? Are, the deuce. How many kids are? This is our debut episode on three pods. Do you want to know an, an astounding statistic? Do you want to know this is this yeah, statistic? Every forty seconds, a child goes missing in the United States. Yeah, but the vast majority of children are abducted by people in their family. Ah, eh, well, that's fine. Creepy Uncle Larry grabbed no, it's him. Not, it's okay. It's not creepy Uncle Larry. It's parents are disagreeing. Yeah, it is. And dad or mom. It's something him. stupid, but approximately. Almost a million kids are reported missing each year. That's wild. Uh, what so percentage of those are dumb? <laughs> Probably a high percentage. Just got lost at Costco. Yeah. What, what percentage of them were just loud children that parents wanted to take and drop at a at a playground? Okay. <laughs> just wandered off into a sewer and became Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just thought of the craziest story that happened. So let me wrap this up. So creepy yeah. guy always had me meet him in places when there he knew when the classroom was going to be empty knew when the gymnasium was going to be empty mm -hmm. weird little meet spots what were the reasons Jesse just to say hi. he had a crush on me say hi he would he, he was a he, oh so he God, funny no, would, he, would, would, would he find you when you were alone or would he say hey jesse uh come see me on tuesday yes. at 3 30 yes. in room and then when you got there, what would he do? What would he say? He just would talk to me, a very like soft voice. <sighs> he would compliment me. This is all kind of coming back because I haven't really, it's not like I've tried to hide it. It's just something I haven't spoken out loud about or have been audible about. Yeah, I understand. And there's no way I was the only girl that he was talking mm -hmm. to like this. He just had that energy. And when I think about hearing all these modern stories about what's going on with teachers and in various situations like this, he would definitely fell under that category of someone who was grooming a child. Mm -hmm. And I think he just obviously had a difficult time because I wasn't responding to the to what he was saying. I was confused by it. I just thought he was an authority that I needed to respect. Mm -hmm. Um, But th there's a block there. So there must be like more that he said and inappropriate stuff that he said because I can't remember it all. But anyways... So Did he have like ointments? Oh, he smelled like ointment for sure. And he had like polo shirts that were tucked into cargo pants that came up over his fupa with a belt. And he he was dressed like a man who lived at home with his parents right. and had learning disability, which I think he was. I think he was a school um, like sap story. They just felt bad for him and they kept him around. Right. He kind of was like Renfield for the school. <laughs> I wouldn't have got that reference a couple days ago, but I got you. So... Uh, fast forward to 
uh, well, not fast forward, but you just made me think. It this was whole... the Bayheim High familiar. <laughs> <laughs> there was this one time, this is a totally different story. This has to do with child abduction, kind of. My girlfriend and I in high school were driving down Grant Boulevard in Syracuse, just passing Grant Middle School. It was nighttime in the summer, about eight o'clock, nine o'clock. It was dark. Streetlights had popped on. We drive by the school and then we see this young girl on the corner by herself, probably about three years old, just standing on the corner by herself. We drive by and then we both go, did you see that or was that a ghost? Definitely saw. We were like, what do we do? This is 2000, maybe 1999. There's nothing, we don't have all the things we have today where we can like have resources. Just people in the world having to figure stuff out. Yeah. And we're like, well, what do we do? Do we call the police? Do we? So we decided to pull back around and go to the girl. Right. And we're like, and she's bawling her eyes out. It's a three-year-old girl by herself. And we're like, what's going on? And she says, daddy and mommy got into a fight. Daddy told me to stay here and he's going to come back for me. And we were like, how long ago was that? And she was like, I don't know. I don't know. She She didn't know anything. So we picked her up, brought her to the grocery store which was the closest business place of business that was open and we got the manager of the store and we said we need to call the police we just this is pre-cell phones yes okay we found this little girl on the street this little girl someone this is the left- worst episode of the show ever <laughs> ever well the point is people so what happened with her are horrible the police you came and got donated her. her to safeway I, hopefully here's the most horrible part of it all the way that the system works, if she, if her parents were unfit, say like the best case scenario, the the state decides, the city decides that her parents are unfit, she's thrown into the system. No. You know, hopefully Which there's is, a next of kin that's capable of taking care of her, but yeah, that's a, that's a like, I feel like that's a crapshoot. So we waited well, yeah, until yeah, the yeah. police showed up. Uh-huh. She's this poor little girl. I, I was going to say something really uh, flippant. Which is, was, if there was somebody in the family, like if the parents are that unfit and if there's someone in the family who is able to step in and really do a much better job, they probably would have been already heavily involved. But I don't know that. That's a, that's, I say, that's a, that's a really oblivious thing to say. Who knows? Well, let's, let's switch gears because we were talking about child abduction and, t- and creepy teachers we're going grooming. Back to, going back to Mickey? We're going back to Mickey. Right. Fingering. Finally. <laughs> Let's let's brighten the mood. Let's go back to Mickey being inappropriate in my palm. So I'm going to California Adventure in two days. Well, you better stock up because you better mm. be on the defense. Right. You better look those characters right in their eyes and tell them you are a present father. Yeah. And if there's any lingering handshakes, mm-hmm. it's not going to fall short on you. The way I was raised, best defense is good offense. If I see anybody wearing any character mascot costumes at all, I'm just knock them out. Mascot. Well, it's weird how the phone may listen or may not listen, but after our conversation about Mickey Mouse, something popped up in my feed about Hasbullah. Okay, tell me more about this Hasbullah guy because I know he's he's a big deal in the UFC world. Well, has- so uh, Jason Ellis and, and his wife Katie talk about Hasbullah with some frequency, and I I like I've seen videos, I've heard, I've overheard enough stuff that I kind of know how to like nod along, but I don't actually know who he is or what the hell I'm talking about. Hasbullah, I actually share with Katie. Not that we have shared custody of him because he's a he's an adult. He's I, his own man. He's yeah. twenty years old. And he has like a growth deficiency disease. So I, I thought he was even um, older than that. Okay. 
Oh, maybe he might be even older. Maybe he's like, is he like 40? I don't know. He, he's, he's, let's see, it has born. Not a girl, not yet a woman. Age, no. Uh, he was born in 20, 2002. Yeah, so he's he's going to be 20. So he's a... He's 21. A little adult. Okay, got it. With a growth disease, uh, deficiency disease. Yeah. Anyways, he's obviously gained popularity on social media because he's so adorable and teeny. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably like, I don't know, less than three feet tall. He's got 8.5 followers on Instagram. And mm-hmm. he's become this sort of like international commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, recently, there was a video of him on a podcast with Mike Tyson, and everyone's saying how Mike Tyson doesn't know and assume that he was a baby because of the way Mike Tyson was with him. Because Hasbro is like trying to like shadow box with Mike, and Mike's just kind of playing around with it and being cute, and then Hasbro is like throwing these punches. And then Mike kind of grabs him and wrestles with him and pulls him up and kisses him, like gives him like little kisses and like snuggles him, not in a weird way, right? not that Mike Tyson can't be weird, but I don't think he's like that at all. I think the whole point was that people were saying he obviously doesn't know this is a grown adult because you wouldn't do that with an adult. But my argument is, well, he's a little guy and people tend to like cuddle little things. So I don't think Mike meant anything weird by it. Anyways, Hasbullah posted a picture of him shortly after I had told you about my Mike, uh, my uh, Mickey Mouse story. And it said Hasbullah met Mickey Mouse and even he wasn't safe. And I obviously am like, I need to know what the heck happened with Hasbullah. So it turns out that he goes to meet Mickey Mouse. I have the video here. Um, you guys won't be able to hear it. So he thought Mickey, he his team was like, we have a surprise for you. And he goes, is it Elon Musk? Because he loves Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And he goes to meet Mickey Mouse and he's just so cute. Mickey throws him a little palm, a little high five. Hasbulla's like... Is that Hasbulla laughing? Yeah, it's so cute. Oh, my God. It's a little evil. And Hasbulla's kind of like... He's like a rambunctious boy. Like, he always likes to, like, wrestle. He's a man. He's a man. He is a grown man, but he acts like a very playful toddler. So, um, he met Mickey Mouse and... <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because you're you're reacting to a thing that oh, I, I can't see, but I feel like I'm getting plenty. I mean, the the whole thing is like he basically was just shadow boxing with Mickey Mouse as well. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was strange that Hasbulla posted this after we had discussed Mickey, and the headline was, you know, Hasbulla fingers Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Sweet revenge. <laughs> I assume that's what that maniacal child laughter that's was. That's all that was. was, was he finally, just, he, somebody finally got. Basically, Hasbulla revenged me. Ah. Well, avenged? Like, avenged. Avenged. Yeah, revenged is not. Not a word. Not he a word. avenged me, and I want to just say thank you, and I, and I love him so much. And you wanted to say something about Cocaine Bear as well. Okay, so last week we almost got into the conversation about how I felt about Cocaine Bear Mm -hmm. off of the question you asked about when was the last time I was in a movie theater and clapped. Right. And And this is what we didn't get to. This is what we didn't get to because Cocaine Bear was... (laughs) Are we done? Uh, No. You are? (laughs) 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 I was... (laughs) I know. Well, that's great. 
That does not get old. That <laughs> you know what? Okay, my hands are my hands are nowhere near the laptop. I don't trust it. <laughs> now I'm nervous to tell a story. Okay. It was such a letdown. It was such we a got about, we got about 10, 12 minutes, so. It was a massive letdown. Yeah. It, it, with it, it, their marketing was impeccable. Well, was their marketing impeccable or is it a concept that sells itself? It's a concept a concept that sells <coughs> itself, but doesn't mean that it can't be destroyed by horrible marketing, a horrible right. marketing rollout. It was just such a very immaculate promo poster. It left little to, you know, it, it obviously the title is everything you need to know, but it, they didn't give too much away. There wasn't like four or five actors on the promo poster. It just was the bear and a plume of cocaine That's right. smoke or whatever you want to call it. <coughs> I had high expectations. Now, my high expectations are coming off the heels of this new world where people don't show up to the theaters like we once did. Everyone's gotten comfortable streaming at home. Mm -hmm. People don't really care about theatrical releases anymore. It's heartbreaking for me. But I was like, you know what? This is one movie I am going to go see. So I obviously had expectations that I should have managed. Yeah, you're the only person who thought it was going to be good. Plenty of people wanted to see it, but you're the only one who oh, expected to like it. I thought it was going to rock my world. And that was my fault. How could anything is possible like name something that seems impossible in entertainment and you can probably think of an example that worked but it's such a one joke premise it's it's this generation snakes on a plane exactly and that movie's still fantastic this movie i feel tried to do too much and it was it they actually ought to have had a cameo from samuel jackson just popping up out of nowhere and going i've had it up to here with this cocaine bear Okay, now that's hilarious. It would have been the best part of the that's movie. That's hilarious. Oh, allow it. Thank you. They had... Okay, so it's called Cocaine Bear. They had this amazing... Based on a true story. Based on a true story. Obviously, some real liberties are taken. This is about a bear in like the 80s in some uh, middle of the country town that goes through all this cocaine that got thrown out of a plane from these, you know, whatever, drug traffickers. So they've got this movie called Cocaine Bear... They have this amazing actor who some people may or may not know of. His name's Isaiah Whitlock. Great actor. If you, if you don't know him, look him up. He's just delightful. I've loved him and everything he's done. And they've got freaking Ray Liotta. You have Ray Liotta. In his uh, farewell performance. In his farewell performance. Can you imagine Cocaine Bear being your farewell performance? It's interesting how often people who had very dis distinguished careers... Um, have a really really weird swan song they always talk about um i think sir Lawrence olivier's last movie was clash of the titans oh like that the was... original like the really especially bad 80s one isaiah whitlock don't know okay yeah he's he's kind of a guy i feel like that is just starting to get some heat all right and getting some At more the age of 68 yep and right. he was the most delightful part of this film mm -hmm. and freaking ray liotta and you've got ray liotta who has portrayed multiple characters that are in the drug industry and have drugs around them. You know, they got, we got uh freaking Goodfellas being one of the most infamous roles of all time. I can't think, do. I don't, I don't really don't know what he got up to personally, but I can't think as far as a cinematic persona goes of somebody whose shtick is more cocaine-y right. than Leota's. So you agree? Of course. And I feel like they dropped the ball <clears> because <throat> 
here's this bear who does cocaine. Here's Ray Liotta. And they have all these, I felt, superfluous characters around that you don't need. You've got, you added too much. Mm-hmm. To the story and look at me i'm like dissecting cocaine bear well i am interested in it like more than it deserves because for wh- whatever weird reason you know we just do this thing with celebrities where for reasons that we couldn't possibly explain we like don't like somebody so we're kind of happy when their things aren't like if gerard butler had been in that oh. i'd be like laughing about how gerard butler had another cinematic fiasco Ugh. Um, I have Gerard Butler stories. We'll save that for another time. You you talked you talked about like I fucking him at a club, and then that's a lot. Him, that that, that didn't away. happen. I think that's the promo. That rude. I think you said that, and we put it in a promo. Did we? We might need to take that out. Um, uh, for some reason, somewhere along the way, I decided that I like Elizabeth Banks. Oh, I love Elizabeth, and Banks. she's the director of Cocaine Bear. And not only the director, the the production, it's her it's her production company. And she took it on the chin with what did she make like a Charlie's Angels movie? Yeah, but she also is I think um, has a piece in the Hunger Games, producing okay. piece in that, and she mm-hmm. also has a producing piece. I could be wrong in Pitch Perfect. Okay, she's a she is a yeah. I just know that as a director, she's trying to carve out a path that uh, there aren't that many big you know female directors as it is and she's trying to carve out a pretty unusual path even for a female director and the the charlie's angels thing that's what she did right was was such a catastrophe that she had to the best thing that she was able to do what she was able to do was to really gracefully own it online but if she'd had another movie that everybody knew about that had totally tanked, I think that would have been really bad, not only for her, but for like female directors in general. And since I like her and I want, you know, equality, et cetera, et cetera, I'm happy for her that it was a success. And ultimately the people, you know, you would too, if you bankrolled these things, what do you want? A movie that's successful and has bad reviews or a movie with great reviews. that doesn't make any money. The cocaine bear was a success. Therefore Elizabeth Banks rolls on. But I particularly, I, I wanted it to be good because she had such a huge role in it. And it's such like a duty, like who directed Cocaine Bear? Like it's shocking that that would be a woman. It is kind of shocking, but we always, and I hate that we it do this. It should be like Burt Kreischer, you know? We shouldn't, someone's success should not hang on their failures. Not that this is a failure because it's so, it's such a, you know, the 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 way something can become successful is so out of your hands once you release it. Yeah. I think it's very similar to sports coaches. I agree. There's so much, you know, there's so much you can't control. Every now and again, there really is a coach who's like, hey, you know what? Maybe the world doesn't believe in you, but I believe in you, Johnny. You're going to hit the big shot in the big game. And, oh, and I also made up some new plays that nobody's ever thought of. And, oh, you used to play this defense. Now we're going to play that defense. And all of a sudden, this team that sucked is amazing. And, like, yeah, they would not have won without the coach. But a lot of times a lot of things that are outside of your control. You know, one guy finally figured out a way to take performance enhancing drugs without getting caught in the off season. And he comes back and he scores 15 more points per game than he ever did before. The coach didn't do anything, but the coach uh, gets credited with the right. success. I actually found it really funny. I'm sorry. This is not interesting, but I was listening to a pod the other day from like one of the smartest basketball writers. And he was, they were ranking the best coaches in the NBA right now. And they basically just ranked everybody who has the best record 
and they left out a bunch of guys who won a bunch of championships like five or six years ago. And it's like, so that guy was, you know, that guy would have been number one on the list right. five years ago. Now he's the 17th smartest coach in the league. Like you, you're a smart person. You can't possibly be this stupid. So yes, directors get probably too much credit and too much blame. And I don't know how people in Hollywood live with that, that if you, uh, you know, are a writer who writes something that then gets rewritten, that then the director changes right. that, and then the star, well, we need to change everything because that star, the character's supposed to be tall, and a bunch of scenes turned on that, but Tom Cruise wants to do it, so guess what? We're changing everything. If they change your thing entirely, and it bears no resemblance to the thing that you wrote, but it's still a hit... You're on fire, baby. If it flops with the thing that bears no resemblance to you, you are screwed. And you put all those years in it and all your shit didn't even make it into the movie. I don't, at least with this shit that we do, it's just on us down here in my basement. Right. Sink or swim. That's, someone said something to me once that sort of has to do with what you're saying. You're never as good as your best and you're never as bad as your worst. Oh, I disagree with that. Well, I don't. I'm either amazing or something went wrong. I, I get what you're saying. No, but I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I, I know you what you're saying. You don't, you know, we we hang our hat so much on these moments. And when something doesn't get critically acclaimed, we think it's a failure. But to even get something made, mm -hmm. to even have something that, like, becomes a final product is a success. Yeah, for sure. But I just feel like Cocaine Bear let me down emotionally. And I haven't recovered from it. That's all I have to say. But you know what else? What? You're going to play the fucking outro, aren't you? No. I'm opening up the next thing that I thought we might discuss as our show continues okay, for at with, least a few more minutes. What's that? Uh, <laughs> speaking of successful entertainers uh -huh. and movie makers, I just found this graphic of the richest people yes. in entertainment. Oh, yeah. You told me about this. I'm going to see this sucker. And it's kind of interesting who's got who's got what. Like, for example, it's an it's an infographic where I think the pictures are bigger depending on how much money the person has. So it's not it's not a list per se. OK, like the the smallest rich, the, the poorest, richest person in entertainment is Matt Groening. The creator of The Simpsons. The, the, say that again. The, the, the poorest, richer. The, yeah, this is a list of the richest people in entertainment. Right. The least rich person. Got it. On that list or in this infographic. Again, it's really hard for me to read because it's not a list. It's a it's a graphic. Is the guy who created The Simpsons. Wow. I mean who supposedly has oh, he's actually not the he's he's among the poorest, richest people. He is worth supposedly six hundred million dollars. There's no such word as supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> six hundred million dollars and he's the poorest richest yeah that's a great title the um, poorest richest man and i was uh i'm actually surprised it's not more given that they've been milking that dead donkey for so long now and what with the merchandising and what have you i found it interesting that my uh on disney plus you get to pick like an avatar and we have multiple profiles here because the stuff that my daughter is allowed to watch isn't the same as right. the stuff my son, et cetera. So my son currently has Krusty the Clown as his, that's his avatar. Wow, Krusty was just vulgar. And even in just that one little circular thumbnail, it has the Matt Groening signature on it. And clearly wow. that is, that's not an accident. That's a legal stipulation that if there's going to be 
a Simpsons graphic of any kind, anywhere, for any reason, it's going to have his signature in I'm it. I'm fucking here for that. You, If you have IP, IP is so hard to mm-hmm. get protected. Yeah. Might as well, like, if you made it, throw your freaking name on it. I, who knows if he even made Krusty the Clown, though? Hey, but didn't the, he also, was he also an illustrator? Well, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the original Simpsons? Kind of. Krusty was in pretty early because I don't know how long it's been since he was hands on with the show. The original Simpsons is like they're 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 hard to look at. It's it's kind of weird to remember. Yeah. I remember watching the Tracy Ullman show, which is where it came. Oh my from. god, the Simpsons came from the Tracy Ullman show. They were shorts. I feel like they this were, is a whole other episode. They were interstitial shorts. The, the Tracy Ullman show was a sketch show. It was one of the I don't know if it was one of the original Fox shows, but it was wow a ground floor. Oh, this is, you don't know this? It's interesting. So Tracy Ullman had made some name for herself in England, and they were trying to find a way to break her in the States and showcase her. So she puts together this little sketch show. Not, It's not live. It's, you know, pre-taped sketches. And they put together a little ensemble around her. Uh, Julie Kavner was one of the actors. She's the voice of Marge. Dan, wow. Dan Castellaneta, Castellaneta was one of them. He's the voice of Homer. This is crazy. And, uh... Bart is Nancy Cartwright. I don't know where she came from. I don't think she was on any of these shows. And then I can't believe I'm flaking on the name of Lisa because Lisa was on my show. I got to spend like 45 minutes talking to the hell is her name? God, because she and she wasn't on um, the Tracy Ullman show. She was on this other show, Herman's Head. Nancy Cartwright. I can't believe you know these people's names. She got an Emmy for voiceover work. Yeah, she's Bart Simpson. She's 65 years old from Dayton, Ohio. She's got a lot of family. I know, just weirdly, I, I know Nancy Cartwright's lawyer pretty well. Lisa Simpson, uh, act, voice actor is what you're yeah. looking for. I can, I know, I can sort of remember their. I'm she has an unusual know. first name, Martha. It's like, it's like Topper. Or... Martha Mariah Mariah Yardley Smith. Oh, Yard Yardley Smith. Yard Yardley. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. She currently is the voice of Lisa Simpson, yeah. long, long running. Right. So when they were doing these, they they thought it was like a cool way. To, everybody who's doing a sketch show, it's like, well, how is it not Saturday Night Live? And one of the things was they had this little in and out of commercials. They had these cartoons, and Matt Groening had been doing um, uh, like an indie, uh, alternative comic strip called. I've never declared if it's life is hell or life in hell, mm-hmm. but it was very similar style. And so they hired him and he made the Simpsons and like Homer is his dad. And Yardley Smith told me that the first couple of episodes, they literally like where the people, the, the live studio audience for the Tracy Ullman show, they like went under it to make it quiet enough that they could record the voices. <clears throat> and at a certain point, the Tracy Ullman show I felt like was successful. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the Simpsons, a lot of people started watching the Tracy Ullman show just like, when will this British lady shut up? Just so. Uh, Tracy Ullman, by the way, once talked shit about me, which I'm very proud of. Ooh. Um, t- just to get to the Simpsons bit. And so they had to spin it off and they did a one-off Christmas special. And that's where Don't Have a Cow and all that stuff and Cool Your Jets Man and the t-shirts blew up. It was just such a... It was so big, so it was fast. so big car- part of culture. And yet when you look back at the early the first season and particularly the shorts from the tracy ullman show they're like I- i'm like why did i like this this is not good you know it, most of what we liked and what we did is now to today's standards horrible the simpsons did get good a couple years later yes that's the weird thing 
Simpsons is right up there, I think, with one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Uh, Robert De Niro. Bobbert De Niro. Bobbert De Niro. Oh, we're doing this list. Boasts a fortune of $500 million. I hate that you just said fortune. I, like, I really despise that you just said fortune. It's, he's, he has a lot of money. It's like when people say it's, mature. He is. Walk off a cliff. <laughs> How about that? Is a mature actor. He has amassed a fortune. Is this good? That's a great De Niro. Is it good? So good. Oh my God. Are you serious? No. You're fucking asshole. And I think he has all that money because he won't stop doing movies even when they're not good. Oh, Bobby D don't care. Right. Well, I guess he also... Bobby D don't care. With a lot of these people, it's like a little misleading because some of them have all that money from the thing that you know them from. But some of them... Uh, like, let me find an example. Like like De Niro was at the Tribeca Film Festival. Like he co- he was an early investor in Nobu. He He's like Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds has a wealth yeah. of... You know, I don't know what Ryan Reynolds isn't on this list, which tells you that this list is... Oh, he should be. Not correct. Yeah, of course. He's got the gin company. He owns a soccer team. He's got the Mint Mobile. He just sold for like a billion dollars. That's right, which I think his stake in that was around 500 million or so. I mean, you know, and you know what that's telling us, kids? Diversify your income. Because most of what the fortunes made is external revenues. It's hard to, there's there's levels. And here's us in the basement with our fucking, we love you guys so much. Please don't leave. (laughs) Don't leave us. Are we done? Oh my God, we're so done. Okay, bye. Oh, okay. So we'll do this list we'll for save real the list next, for next time. time. Oh wow, we had something to look forward to. A <laughs> list. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.